The gyms may not be full, but my biceps are pulsating, and there's definitely no shortage of madness this college b-ball season. For us fans, the college basketball powers that be have gifted us with a top-tier matchup between two powerhouses. This weekend, Gonzaga and Baylor will be going toe-to-toe for what could be the nation's top ranking. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is bringing you closer to the action with these can't-miss offers. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win in this clash of titans. Plus, you'll get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right, bet $1 to win $100 using code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these offers. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, you gotta be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, okay, welcome to That's Good Broncos podcast post-game recap. Denver loses to the Chiefs in Kansas City, 22-16. to In a game they could have won, which might make this loss hurt more. I don't even know anymore. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And when you download it, use code DNVR when you sign up to take advantage of all of their offers. Also brought to you by my coffee company, benchwarmerbrew.com. And if you need to melt your sorrows in the morning with a hot cup of Java, Benchwarmer Brew is the way to fucking do it. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have said the F word right there. YouTube's been knocking knocking all of these videos for with limited ads because I've been swearing. Uh, but Damn. fuck it, fuck it. I don't even care. Um, you wanna you wanna cut it out of the final version? Nope, it's staying. It's fucking staying. <laughs> um, oh well, fuck it. So we'll we'll moan our way through another Broncos loss in Kansas City. The hundredth straight time, I think. Uh, Will, what, uh, what really what was grinding your gears in this one? Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, you'd rather play competitively and yeah. lose and be out of it in the first quarter, especially in this matchup and on the road. But it doesn't make it e- any easier at the end. It's still just such a tough pill to swallow, and it's probably it's probably harder, honestly. But you'd prefer it this way. I think the thing that's really grinding my gears about this is something that Vic Fangio said after the game. I got this from a tweet from Zach Stevens. When you play the Chiefs, you're going to have to score. From the guy who punted it 
with six minutes to go, down three, on fourth and three from midfield. Yeah. When you play the Chiefs, you're going to have to score. They scored 16 points in this game. They scored 16 points in the last game. I, I don't oh. I don't really – I can't comprehend the cognitive dissonance uh, in this game. And I think – honestly, I think they lost this game because of coaching. 16, 16 points is like a cursed number for the Broncos too. I forget how many times they've scored that exact number of points and losses over the last two years. I mentioned it in some episode, but it's a lot. Uh, I will say it's, it's just shitty as a, a fan of a sports team when uh, your, your takeaway from a primetime game is, is you go, you know what? Anybody who watched that is going to walk away and say, you know what? Maybe the Broncos aren't quite as bad as I thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked like, about it. They, they, they lost. <laughs> right. They lost the game, but people are going to be like, yeah, they're not as bad as maybe I thought they were a couple of weeks ago when I watched them play without a quarterback. <laughs> That's yeah, all we that's the only thing we got t- to take away from this game as fans. We talked about how they haven't been on a Sunday night football game since 2017. And you're like, really, you're going to make us play our first Sunday night game in three years against the Chiefs in Kansas City. You want to set us up to like, why don't you just like force the NFL to make us start Kendall Hinton again while you're at it? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was nice to um to know that they kept the game close enough that NBC might even consider inviting us back on at some yeah. point within uh, this coming could decade. Be next, next year, the Broncos could be back on there, um, especially yeah. if they get Matthew Stafford to be their quarterback. Uh, it's just a weird rumor out there that a couple people have asked That's me That's been about. a rumor for about five years. Yeah, it's just – not a rumor, like, but it's just been a thought for like five years. Yeah, it's definitely a thought I've had. Uh, I have not had that on my radar, but I've had like multiple people ask me about it. Like, I like also, I like when people ask me about shit like that. Like, I have an inside fucking yeah. <laughs> lead on it, but uh, it's come up twice. And then uh, seeing him throw 400 yards today makes me go, "Oh, I hope that whatever that wherever they got that, I hope that's true somewhere." Um, coaching, though, you think coaching cost yeah. them the game ultimately? Uh, I I know what kept him in the game was uh, them not uh, giving Tyreek Hill touchdowns. Oh, my God. I don't think there's a, I've ever hated a football player more anymore at that point where he got the, you know, he got the touchdown that got called back, stood backwards at the one-yard line, and backflipped into the end zone. What a douche. Yeah. That, I, I don't think there's a, uh, a less likable guy in the NFL. Well, did you see Travis Kelsey call the Broncos the Raiders after the game? It, they they really have cornered the market on douchebag yeah. receivers. In his post-game, they're asking him. It, it was an honest mistake, I think. But he was like, uh, it was a great game by the Raiders. The last two team times they've played us, uh, you know, they've really locked down in the red zone, uh, made it tough for us. Like, did he just call them the Raiders? Like, do I go with a he's a really dumb joke? Or do I go with this is the most insulting thing you could call a Broncos fan? Or the Broncos are the Raiders. I think both can be true. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm right. like, yeah, before I just like, before steam comes out of my ears, we should probably touch on the positives from this game. Because sure. 
Sure. I'm not. I'm not the moral victory type, and I'll never call this a moral victory because you know the Raiders had a moral victory on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago, and then lost by like 50 points to the Falcons, and then almost should have lost, lost to, to the, the Jets. Jets. Yeah. Oh my God. So I, I think moral victories mean absolutely nothing, and um, you know this isn't middle school. So in in sports, yes. Uh, in my personal life, uh, all I have is moral victories. So true. And that's it. No. Yeah. In sports. I'll clarify that. Yeah. But please do so a few things I wanted to touch on that I liked and we've been really tough on Pat Shermer and rightfully so, but over the last, I was going to say two games, but the last two games with the quarterback, they've done things like today, they successfully completed a screen for a first down. Yep. They did last week too. It was the only pass they completed. They've been pulling guards, which they haven't really done. Uh, and they were using pre-snap motion yeah. for, like, significantly for, I think, the first time in the season. So, uh, you know, like, Pat Schirmer was really bad at the beginning of this year, and he's gotten a little bit better. And you can see those – like, you can see why. Yeah. Uh, you can see the little things that he's doing uh, to make it easier. That's part of the reason why Melvin Gordon was over 100 uh, in the first half. And there are th- some things that I, I didn't like, obviously – um, they they tried to force feed Philip Lindsay, and the only kind of plays they called for him were runs up the a gap. Right, which I just didn't understand. They they have no um creativity when it comes to getting him the ball, and that was really frustrating. And all of these things, like I said, probably the last time I played the Chiefs are so amplified when you see. Andy Reid and what you're able to to watch Reid do with with capable offensive players on his team. Right. And I mean, Philip Lindsay and Jerry Judy were questionable heading into this game. And Jerry Judy definitely didn't look like himself, at least in terms of he didn't get the ball thrown his way. So uh, I don't know how right. often, you know, he was yeah, maybe uh, just kind of maybe kind of a um, kind of a decoy. It felt yeah. like he was a little bit of a decoy. And it's like also, it, it's for me, it's not even about like the creativity of getting Philip Lindsay the ball. It's more when one guy is clearly just working so well, why even get away from that? And then I also felt like later in the, the second half, uh, the Broncos had that touchdown drive, right? That was great. And then it's like the Chiefs, I think, scored again. And then it's like the Broncos just got away from what was working earlier. It's like they're trying to play that quick, let's get some big chunk yard yardage type plays. And I felt like in the late in the third and in the fourth quarter, they needed to stay with that run game that was working and they kind of just got away from it. Uh, And they had chances to win, obviously. And maybe like when you want to criticize Fangio for punting, you know, six minutes left, Maybe he just believes in his defense too much to get a, a stop there or whatever. But okay. I yeah. uh, I know what you're saying. It, it's also like I didn't think McManus should be trying that 57 yarder right before halftime. Which, I disagree. I see. I, I think left. we're we're gonna because, disagree on those two points because um, I feel like the cold weather in Kansas City in that situation to me. I'm trying to read the moment and it just felt like he was going to miss that fucking kick. 
And I don't say that as hindsight. I just, before he kicked it, I was like, I, I get don't. It. I get it. And, and, and I would say in like 90% of the scenarios, I want McManus taking that shot. I just felt like, to me, it didn't feel like the right situation. And it's hard to criticize something for a gut feeling you have at home watching the game. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, because we criticize them for you know it's two different doing it or not like doing it. Said, right? We criticize them for not taking that shot against Atlanta, but then again, like you said, it's uh, in a dome versus in the cold at Kansas City. Actually, I like that kick because you have to take risks against Kansas City, and you have to take some low percentage plays. I think uh, to get a higher reward, and that one just didn't work out. Yeah, I think you have a guy who's eight for nine at that point, um, over fifty yards this season, and it didn't miss by a lot. No, um, it was a solid kick. It just hooked a little bit too much. And yeah, I, I will say this just before I forget. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's. I'm saying I didn't like it, but I think you're right in that it's the right call right now for the Broncos because they have nothing to fucking lose. So if you're yeah. gonna go down literally go down swinging with that big thick gooch leg um but it just my only point i don't know i just didn't feel like if i were calling the game in that moment i probably wouldn't have taken the kick uh but you're probably right it's definitely do it because why not (laughs) why not and i mean casey got three points there and that two-point conversion i didn't like that uh i didn't really understand that was yeah that's another like situation like kind of gut feel thing yeah i know what the math says i know what the math says like it what the math i feel like doesn't say is that if the chiefs score uh well while will leaves i'll try to explain my math here it's (laughs) if you get my dad's phone was hooked up to the speaker to the bluetooth speaker and he's like playing some racing game (laughs) on his phone (laughs) so i had to turn it off He's like, oh, fuck this Broncos game. Let me get in on <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh, man, I was trying to think of this uh, racing game I used to play as a kid. <laughs> Something Z. Fuck. Anyway. Crazy taxi. <laughs> Twisted metal. Um, yeah. I think, like, it's in a game like that, just take the point when you know you're going to get it because you yeah. don't know how the points are going to shake out it's you're only thinking about like the next score in that situation and how it affects you, but you're not thinking of like two scores or a, a weird score to, to keep it in a field goal range later. It's, it just seems like unless you're really, you have a really good offense as well. Uh, yeah. Not just an offense that is playing uncharacteristically good. Uh, like if you're the Packers, fine, fucking go for it. If you're the chiefs, fucking go for it. But the Broncos take the point. And you would have had a chance, you know, a different chance later, but whatever. No, you're, you're exactly right. And the people are like, okay, well, the book says to go for it. The chart says to go for it. The analytics say to go for it. The analytics and the chart, they treat all offenses as if they're equal. And they're yeah. not. And no. <laughs> you can just, like, tell with an offense like the Broncos that they probably don't have a great two-point play. Yeah, lined up. No, and so yeah, like the it's like trying to shift. Um, it's like trying to shift up like a beat up uh, Toyota Corolla into fifth gear at that point. Like 
let's save that for the for the offenses that we know can um, can do it consistently. Yeah. And hey, you, Melvin Gordon averaged eight point seven yards per carry. And yeah. you, you know what play I knew they weren't going to call uh, for the two point conversion was Melvin a Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if, if I knew that, pretty sure the defense might have known that too. <laughs> and Melvin Gordon might have had. I don't know, buck 80, 200 yards if the Chiefs field wasn't so goddamn Yeah, slippery. seriously. It was very interesting, I thought, that uh, the only ones slipping were the Broncos. Did they bring the wrong cleats? Like, what the fuck happened? It was, a, uh, it was an issue. Uh, I mean, Drew Locke almost fell down, given he completed, yeah. he completed the pass after it. and Or no, I think maybe it was pass interference. It was pass interference, and yeah. And the Chiefs might have – slipped too. Yeah, exactly. That that play the the slipping helped him, but uh, right. Sorry, you were going. You were going to say something earlier, and I derailed. Yeah, I was just going to say that you talked about Vic Fangio trusting his defense when he punted, but situationally that didn't make sense to me because the defense. I thought the defense played a good game because they allowed Kansas City to move the ball, but they kept them. either kicking punts from just outside of field goal range or just kicking field goals for most of the game. Yeah. But that doesn't work because they're still going to move the ball. At that point, you're not keeping them out of the end zone. You're, you're, you've got to save the clock and they have, they didn't keep them. um, They didn't, uh, they didn't force a three and out at any point. I don't think uh, in the second half. Oh, in the second half, yeah, I definitely don't think so. Yes, yeah, so you can't you can't really trust your defense to to go three and out and get the ball back immediately. You can trust yeah. them not to score, yeah, no, not I, to score a touchdown, which they didn't. But no, at that point, it doesn't matter. You need the clock and timeouts to go the full field. Um, I didn't say it made sense. I said I think that's what Vic was thinking. Yeah, well, I think it was a bad decision by him. Yeah, I look at this like a mind reader. I try to get inside <laughs> yes. their minds. Uh, yeah, before we bitch too much more, big positive for me, Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris, having him back on the defensive line made a big difference. Uh, the, most, the most banged up area of the Broncos has been the D-line, and getting a guy like that back, you just tell. Uh, better against the run. He batted – did he bat down multiple passes again? Yep. He definitely batted down what I'm assuming would have just been a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes on third and goal. He tackled Mahomes on a second down run by the goal line that would have gotten the Chiefs at least very close to scoring a touchdown. And somehow a 300-pound man, he's around 300, right? He chased down Tyreek Hill on the sideline and tackled him. It was the guy that just uh, had COVID. Yeah. Facing that entire kill. It's maybe one of the most badass plays that uh, I'm not sure we'll ever get the credit it deserves. Yeah. Um, like, I had to do like a double take in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill or uh, Shelby Harris got him there. I was like, wait, wait, where did Shelby Harris come from with Tyreek Hill running down the sideline? Given, like, you know, Harris had an angle to get in on the play, but he's the last one of the last guys I expected to be the last line of defense on Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, like you watch defensive backs give up on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And to have your, your uh, you know, 
three technique defensive tackle come all the way down the field and make the play. Yeah, we saw Duke Dawson give up about 40 yards before Tyreek Hill caught the pass on that touchdown. That didn't count. Um, it was a game that I really think having Bryce Callahan might have made a difference for the Broncos. Stopping one drive, uh, you know, making one yeah. or two plays, like whether it was Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, I would have assumed they would have had Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan probably would have matched up with Travis Kelsey, maybe. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, Kelsey had 136 yards and a touchdown. It was just, it was just the wrong game to not have that piece. So that hurt him. Even though, like, I think they're missing a lot of pieces for this game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're beyond fucking complaining about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just felt. I mean, it's it is like on one hand, and I'm anti-moral victory like I said but the fact that this is a Chiefs team almost at full health they were missing Mitchell Schwartz and I think it showed that they're missing him because uh, Mike Grammers was in a touching tribute to a Super Bowl 50 performance yeah. was holding on just about every play or or getting beat off the line the Chiefs are lucky Von Miller wasn't playing because exactly yeah <laughs> what but, he can do to Mike Grammers Right, but the Broncos are so outmanned and just, like, under the gun so much, and they've had so much shit go wrong for them. It feels like the Chiefs have kind of – everything's broken perfectly for them. And the fact that they were in this game shows that, you know, it was just – it was nice not to have the game over by the second quarter. Yeah, it was – like, at least it was a a competitive game, and I didn't want to, like, stop watching it. Yeah, I didn't think the Broncos were going to win. (laughs) I didn't think they were going to win when they had the lead going into halftime. Nope. I was worried the Chiefs were going to come out and score like four touchdowns in the second half, and that did not happen. The Broncos played a full game. So you're right. It's just like – it's like the lamest way to talk about a football game too. It is, yeah. I don't think it like projects anything going forward, and that's kind of what I – think the definition of a moral victory is is that it's a loss that is a sign of victories to come I don't think it matters uh in that case because it's you know the NFL and every team's really really fucking hard to beat just ask the Raiders uh but yeah I liked the way they fought I like the general pregame strategy containing the Chiefs offense letting them move the ball but you know battening down the hatches in the red zone and on third down when it mattered. Um, yeah, came up short. Yeah, I think maybe a, a takeaway is that this game was good evidence that your offensive coordinator has to tool his game to match what Drew Locke's strengths are. <laughs> Until he develops into a full-fledged NFL QB, if he ever develops into that. And I don't – like, I wasn't super impressed with Drew Locke today. Uh, Like, his touchdown pass to Tim Patrick was great. He made some nice throws in this game. That was was an only Mahomes kind of touchdown pass. Yeah. I don't think Mahomes has ever had to fit a pass into that kind of window. It was it was beautiful. Uh but you know, like he start he starts the game with the the bad uh interception and then that last drive it just like he was not making I don't I don't put that on Locke 
that's, I put, that's, I put him on, that's on coaching to me. No, he had a minute left and no timeouts. Yeah, no, I understand that. But on his throws, it was like he was picking the wrong guy every time. And by the yeah. wrong guy, I mean he was throwing it to the Chiefs. <laughs> that's fair. It's, it's, it's really sad that, um, you know, Justin Simmons is like one of the – close to the best safety in the league – but, you know, Drew Locke gift wraps a bunch of interceptions to Teron Matthew every year. So, he gets all the <laughs> gets all the fakes. He gets all the love and all the hype. No, it's just, like, I'm with you in that I don't think this is a I'm sold, I'm not sold on Drew Locke type of thing. It's a process, right? And, I mean, we saw Justin Herbert play like shit today against the, the Patriots. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> Big uh, day for me, Justin Jefferson breaking 1,000 and <laughs> Justin Herbert losing by 45 yeah. points. Yeah, if uh, you didn't listen to the, the Patreon prediction episode, which I posted on the That's Good Sports main channel, uh, Will was all over shatting on Justin Herbert. And, uh, not, yeah, okay, so not on Justin Herbert, but just everybody no. thinks that it should be a, a foregone conclusion that he needs to be the rookie of the year when he's 1-9 yeah. as a starter this season. Something um, ridiculous like that. 2-9. Two 2-9 and, two and, two and nine as a starter. Oh, yeah, I think it was – yeah, he's like – he's won two games and uh, Joe Burrow has won two games, but Tua has won four games. Yeah. And the uh, young QB race – somebody just had it, – it'll be in the best and worst. Somebody had a – it's really stupid but funny to a meme. I think it was the – it was like Burrow and Herbert, the upgrade button, then Tua, and then just the nut button. <laughs> like, all right. Um, speaking of netting, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, it's, it's is wishing you the happiest of holidays. And to kick off the season of giving, DraftKings has new promotions and odd boosts every day this week. Luckily for us sports fans, uh, it's, it's harder hard to be sports fans every week. Uh, there's an <laughs> abundance of action taking place this week. Football teams are in the hunt to secure their place in the playoffs while college basketball is just getting underway. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head there now. Use code DNVR when you sign up because DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $100. No, up to $1,000. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. For example, you could have bet on Tim Patrick scoring two touchdowns for the Broncos today and probably made a billion dollars. Uh, don't quote me on the numbers. To celebrate this weekend's UFC 256, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up uh, the chance to triple their winnings when they place a bet on UFC 256. So download DraftKings now, DraftKings Sportsbook now, and use code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. This is for a limited time. It's only at DraftKings. you got to be 21 years or older. It is for Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus. Bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions. Plasy. DraftKing.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Next DraftKings read. I'm going to try to do 10 different accents. 
Can you do it in John Hamm? <clears throat> That's the real question. That's uh, the only one I can I can't do. I'm I am uh, John Hamm. I am. I was John having Hamm. a few beers over at my friend's house last night, and I I fell asleep around midnight and woke up uh, like half an hour later on the couch, and I came out of. <clears throat> I woke up just doing John Hamm. I'm not sure why, but it came out so smoothly after oh. like four or five beers. Yeah, you know what I want uh, us to write up is a uh, an ad for BenchwarmerBrew.com, my coffee coffee company. But I want us to write it like we actually got John Hamm to do the voiceover for it. Yeah, and then we'll have you read the I John Hamm voice voiceover. Yes. Uh, and we'll make it really stupid. I'm also going to do like a fake um, coffees for closers bit. Oh, so the if, Alec Baldwin? Yeah. So when he starts yelling at Jack Lemon, I'm just yeah. going to shoot me being the guy that he yells at. <laughs> your name's Levine. You call, your, you call yourself a bench warmer, you son of a bitch. It's like, no, no, but no Alex, it's, this is coffee for people who can't close. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking jerk. <laughs> that's the uh, everybody loves that movie but it never gets better than that one scene no i mean that scene is just incredible like five minutes of fucking fire and then the the rest of it's just a teleplay on you know it's just like it's a right. play that they shot as a movie which sometimes is great some you just got to be in the mood for that kind of thing yeah yeah i always found that the rest of the movie was it didn't quite live up to it that's a little that's a little controversial but uh one thing i wanted to ask you was who's watching for the glenn gary glenn ross takes stick around anyone that's still listening probably (laughs) is on board with whatever we have to say i would imagine all right um but the patriots are six and six now fuck how do you they've been creeping up on my radar a little bit i know they've been on yours yeah i mean all right, how what's like one to ten? Where are you in terms of uh, patriot anxiety? Oh, I'm not worried about him. To me, that I don't care anymore. I don't care if they succeed. You sure? Yep, hundred percent sure. Are uh, you sure? I've told you before. I I like Cam Newton, so I don't care if he succeeds there. They just beat the best quarterback in the AFC West by forty five points. <laughs> Yeah, they had a game. It was the Chargers. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I was so wrong. I picked the Chargers to win that game. I also criticized Cam Newton for his touchdown to interception ratio. And then you're like, yeah, but he's got 10 rushing touchdowns. And I was like, I don't care. I want to see him throw passes. And then he like rushed for two and threw some in there. Maybe just one, but he played a good game. The Patriots, Belichick just just took advantage (laughs) Yeah, Stidham threw, uh, I think, the last touchdown. Their yeah. defense blocked a Chargers field goal attempt, which was a decent – it was a decent little effort by the Chargers to get in the field goal range right before halftime. And then, boom, blocked kick taken for a touchdown. And the Patriots returned a touchdown on a punt. So, basically, when the Broncos imploded against the Chiefs uh, uh, the first time they played – that's like what the Chargers did against the Patriots. Just all three phases shit the bed. Um, my point was, I don't care if the Patriots win. I don't care okay. if they sneak into the playoffs. Okay. I, 
I, I have said that I learned I hate Tom Brady more than I actually hate the Patriots. So you got to get past the Browns, the Titans at this point, and the – forgetting one. Raiders? The Raiders are 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, I don't respect I don't, the Raiders anymore I, as a football team. Oh, no, they're, sorry. The Ra- Raiders are 7-5. and five. They did win. Yeah. I just in – in my mind, that game was a loss. Are you talking about the AFC playoff standings right now? Yeah. Let's see here. Well, the, and the Dolphins too. So. Oh yeah, Miami. It is it still is. pretty. It is still pretty tough for the Patriots, but I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, where are they? Oh yeah, they've got. Them. They're six and six. So outside of the playoffs, they've got the Ravens and Raiders ahead of them. And then in the playoffs right now, it's the Colts, Dolphins, Browns, Titans, Bills, Chiefs, Steelers. So. It's a long journey. I don't know what the rest of the Pats' schedule is. Uh, I think they have to win every game. Yeah. I know if Tom Brady was there, it would be the easiest schedule in the NFL, not just this (laughs) season, but for any season statistically. It is so incredible that, like, the Dolphins and and Bills got, like, really good the year he left. Yeah. Like, the first year that they would have – like, even if the Patriots were great right now – uh, yeah. And that, like, the Dolphins always inexplicably beat the Patriots once a year anyway. But, like, you would have said, oh, Bills, Dolphins games, those are going to be competitive for the Patriots. Instead of looking at their schedule and going, those are wins for the Patriots, wins and wins. The Jets, mm-hmm. the Bills, and the Dolphins, always bad. Brady got out of that division at the right time. He ain't dumb. He ain't dumb. But he is getting old. So... He's getting very old. One last question that kind of relates to our Sunday night game is where is your confidence in terms of the other AFC playoff teams uh, beating the Chiefs? Rank, okay, rank these three teams. Maybe I'll do four. Four teams in order of confidence beating the Chiefs. Steelers, Bills, Colts and the who else do you want to throw in there? Well, the Titans. I guess how are the Titans? I thought the Colts jumped the, the Titans in the standings. The Colts they, jumped them. Yeah, uh, just didn't update on the NFL yet. I guess you can really boil it down to can the Steelers beat them? I don't know the Titans are still. Why do they have that? Okay, so I think I think the Steelers can beat them. Uh, I think the Browns can beat them. Uh, and I say that not like confidently, because I think the Browns could lose to them by a lot. Uh, but like Baker Mayfield played a, a pretty solid game today. And the Browns usually win by running the football, and that is a great way to actually beat the Chiefs. Um, the Titans, like, they have the people to to beat the Chiefs, but after they got worked by the Browns today, it's just like every time I start to feel good about the Titans, then they they lose a game or they drop like two games. Yeah, their their defense really lost something with Clowney out. I don't know Clowney doesn't put put up big sack numbers, but 
does, he, Clowney like does like a lot of things on defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they lacked something up front, I think, today. Yeah, and so I would – You can only do so much without pass rushers. I don't feel good about the Colts being able to beat the Chiefs, and that is 100% because I don't trust Phillip Rivers against the Chiefs. <laughs> um, Understandable. You know, Buffalo, it would just – Buffalo would just have to play, like, you know, their best game. And they yeah, the, tit- the Titans and the Bills, I think – I don't think there's any way the Browns do it, sorry. Uh, the Titans and the Bills, I think, could do it, but they would have to play pretty much a perfect game. And the Steelers, I don't think they'd have to – I still think the Chiefs would beat the Steelers uh, when it comes down to it. But I don't think the Steelers would have to play a perfect game because they can – they can beat you multiple ways. Um, they, they can put up a shit ton of points, and yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick could jump out of nowhere and, and pick a ball off. Yeah, and the, the Steelers have, like, a consistent pass rush, too. So, yeah. like, the, and the kind of pass rush that would actually, you know, cause Mahomes some problems. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it did today at points. They, they had a pretty decent pass rush, I thought. Um, no, I thought the Broncos were fine today. I mean – I, I did learn that uh, Chris Collinsworth can compliment Patrick Mahomes um, three times in one one go around. I know exactly. Yeah, the, the touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. He was like, I don't know what I'm more impressed by. Yeah. Him getting the defense to jump, him buying time, or him making the throw. <laughs> Something like that. I was like, fuck off. Yeah, there is a point. Uh, a very brief moment in time where you know how NBC does like the picture in picture uh, 30 second commercials. Yeah. Rather than cutting to the full commercial. Right. So they had the state farm Patrick Mahomes commercial cut next to a picture of Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench. So it was Mahomes on both screens at the same time. It's, this is probably how people felt with Peyton Manning except for the slight difference that Patrick Mahomes has no, like, acting talent or comedic timing like Peyton yeah. Manning. <laughs> say what you want. Say what you want. You, you can't say Peyton Manning's not funny because he's got chops. He's got chops there. Mahomes doesn't. Uh, Brady doesn't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can be funny. It's all right. Like a snarky, like, sarcastic thing. Um. Yeah, some guys like, got it. I like. I'd rather listen to Aaron Rodgers. I think for like an hour on a podcast. But I think Peyton's got him beat in a you know thirty second ad. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, Rodgers. Like when Rodgers gets on Pat McAfee's podcast, he's just brutally. He's honest. <laughs> you just don't expect him to be honest sometimes. Like yeah. you're just so used to. I don't know, can type answers. And he'll give you like a PC answer while telling you the truth about shit. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me. No, it's funny because like Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers said essentially the same thing about COVID on both on Kyle Brandt's podcast. Essentially like they weren't really afraid, but Rodgers just said it in a way that got him in zero trouble. (laughs) And Kirk Cousins said it in a way like, uh, like, out of 10 like zero out of 10 zero i'm not scared of it at all if i die i die and rogers is like i don't know why you know we don't put more of an emphasis on maintaining physical fitness rather than 
<clears throat> trying to, uh, you know, not get it in the first place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a little more tact. Oh yeah. Uh, final, final question with Patrick Mahomes performance tonight versus Aaron Rodgers performance. Do you think he, any chance he can get MVP? Rodgers? Yeah. It's getting harder. I mean, I think it got closer this week, though, right? Look, well, fucking Aaron Rodgers is throwing touchdowns to Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon's going to have double digit touchdowns this season. No, I understand that. <laughs> what I'm saying is like. I'm making an appeal to the rest of the world right now. People are going to. They're going like to take crazy pills. They're going to take like the highlight of Patrick Mahomes on third down, kind of sidearming it around forever <laughs> to Travis Kelsey. And yeah. be like, that's the best throw we've seen of our lifetime. Uh, I thought Rogers best play was when they were backed up in the end zone and he fucking is like first and 10 from their own one. And he just complete like a 43 yard pass to Devonte Adams. Just like in that situation, only really good confident quarterbacks do that. You know what I mean? A 43-yard gain from your own one-yard line? You just, like, yeah. that's... It seems it's not, a, like, it's a that big of a play, play because... It's snarky. Yeah, because Rodgers and those guys do it all the time, but... Like, you're not supposed to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. Like, if Drew Locke did that, I would shit my pants in joy. But, like, if you're a Packers fan, you expect Aaron Rodgers to get you 40 yards when you're on your own one-yard line. What are they going to do with Jordan Love at this point? Uh, sacrifice him to the gods. I think they might have to. I mean, you can't really hang on to him as long as they held on to Aaron Rodgers. When did, when did Guten Gutenkirst? Is that their GM? Gutenkirst, the Packers. Something like that. When did he take yeah. over? That's a good question. I want to say like within five years. Yeah. Let's look it up. Whoever yeah, I, I'm just like. <laughs> Scheming up ways to get Aaron Rodgers on the MVP um, list. Oh, uh, yeah. Brian Gutekunst named his position on January 8th, 2018. So this is his third season. Okay. Yeah, he sh- he's he's got to take blame for that last draft. Uh, I mean, yes and no, because he successfully pissed off his quarterback into having his best right, season. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's our stance. That's our stance. He's doing reverse psychology on him. Um, okay. I think That's we it. did. I think we did good. <laughs> good enough. I mean, what are you going to say? The Broncos lost 22 to 16. They Chiefs are a better team. And we're just happy they didn't lose by more. <laughs> uh, well, Broncos country, thanks for listening. Good night. And good luck. The gyms may not be full, but my biceps are pulsating, and there's definitely no shortage of madness this college b-ball season. For us fans, the college basketball powers that be have gifted us with a top-tier matchup between two powerhouses. This weekend, Gonzaga and Baylor will be going toe-to-toe for what could be the nation's top ranking. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is bringing you closer to the action with these can't-miss offers. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win in this clash of titans. Plus, you'll get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right, bet $1 to win $100 using code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these offers. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, you gotta be 21 or older. Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.